the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God in his mercy has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake, forgives you all your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. to me and have mercy on me, for I am desolate and afflicted. Look on my affliction and my pain, and forgive all my sins.
desolate and afflicted. Look on my affliction and my pain, and forgive all my sins. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. the peace from above and for our salvation let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God and for the unity of all let us pray to the Lord. this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. Help, save, comfort and defend us, gracious Lord. Glory to God in the highest, and peace to his people on earth. Lord God, heavenly King, almighty God and Father, we worship you, we give you thanks, we praise you for your protector of all who trust in you, without whom nothing is strong and nothing is holy. Multiply your mercy on us that with you as our ruler and guide, we may so pass through things temporal that we lose not the things eternal. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever.
a reading from Micah chapter 7. Who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity and passing over the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in mercy. He will again have compassion on us and will subdue our iniquities. You will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. You will give truth to Jacob and mercy to Abraham, which you have sworn to our fathers from days of old. This is the word of the Lord. Timothy. And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has enabled me, because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent man, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. However, for this reason I obtained mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show all longsuffering as a pattern to those who are going to believe on him for everlasting life. Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, to God, who alone is wise, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Well, according to St. Luke, the 15th chapter, glory to you, Jesus said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. 
But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight and am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it. And let us eat and be merry, for this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Now his older son was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come. And because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you. I never transgressed your commandment at any time, and yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive again, and was lost and is found. This is the gospel of the Lord.
name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. When the younger son came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight and am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry for my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The occasion of Jesus telling the parable of the prodigal son is set in the context of the scribes and the Pharisees who resented that he received tax collectors and sinners and ate with them. The first parable he told was the parable of the lost sheep. That radical shepherd who abandons the 99 in the wilderness and goes out and seeks after the one that was lost until he finds it. Which of you would do such a thing? Not I. Cut your losses. Stay with the 99. The next parable he tells is the frantic woman who lost one of the coins from her wedding necklace and thinks of nothing else but to turn the house upside down until she finds it. It's that radical character of God's grace where the Lord compares himself to this bizarre shepherd who seeks the lost until he finds it, or this frantic woman who seeks her coin until she finds it, and then, of all things, to rejoice over a sheep? How radically different God's love is for the sinner that's what the scribes and the Pharisees and the self-righteous resented. It would be easy for us this morning to reenact the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector and come to the divine service and say to ourselves, I thank God I'm not like the scribes and Pharisees who resented the tax collectors and the sinners whom Jesus ate with. Self-righteousness and pride is something that is indicative of the sinful nature, the old Adam within each of us. It is why in the fifth petition of the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us 
The only sin that is specifically named in the Lord's Prayer is the sin of refusing forgiveness and mercy toward those who have sinned against us. It is why in his explanation, Luther puts all of the weight on receiving the grace of God, though we are holy and totally unworthy. You remember how it goes. We pray in this petition that our Father in heaven would not look at our sins or deny our prayer because of them. We are neither worthy of the things for which we pray, nor have we deserved them. But we pray that he would give them all to us by grace, for we daily sin much and surely deserve nothing but punishment. Oh, if we only learn to believe that, how much less difficulty there would be of letting go of the very real sins of others against us. It is only in receiving the undeserved mercy and love of God in the Lord Jesus that can transform us into men and women and children who let go of the sins of others. Not because they deserve it. Not because they've earned it but because we are just like them, and more importantly, we are the objects of God's grace in Christ, undeserved and unmerited. Only in receiving God's free grace and forgiveness in Jesus can we make a beginning by the same grace of God to do what Luther talks about in that petition. So we too will sincerely forgive and gladly do good to those who sin against us. And that brings us perhaps to a broader insight in the two sons in the parable of the prodigal son. We are often want to repeat that this younger son went off and squandered his inheritance in a life of debauchery, and that was true. It is as if he wanted his father dead. He demands the inheritance, and he runs away from home. He runs away from his identity as his father's son. But let us not forget that the father is the image of God the Father. And when he runs away from home, it is as if he is running away from his baptismal identity as a son of his father through Jesus Christ our Lord. So when he squanders the inheritance, he is squandering his father's love. He is not merely transgressing all of God's commandments, which he is, but as a son of the father, or to put it in the language of baptismal faith, as a baptized child of God, it is not merely that he sinned against the Ten Commandments, but he sinned against the God who loved him and whose love and grace and forgiveness was the source of his life. That's the life he had turned away from. The only life that can give true peace, satisfaction, contentment, worth, is the life that lives from the forgiveness of sins in the Lord Jesus Christ, the inheritance of our baptism. 
That's why Martin Luther says in the large catechism, toward forgiveness is directed every activity of the church. He says that under that fifth petition explanation in the large catechism. The forgiveness of sins for Jesus' sake is the one thing needful. It is the sum and substance of the trust of the Christian's heart that lays hold of Jesus and will not let itself be shorn from him. Our sins, threatened by the devil's temptation to wrench us from that forgiveness. And so sometimes we say to ourselves, is it possible that God could forgive me, even me? That was the plight of Saul of Tarsus, who became the Apostle Paul. But he learned to believe that though he was the chief of sinners, a former Pharisee who had attacked Jesus and the gospel precisely because of this forgiveness is the one who by that forgiveness was transformed in the into the Apostle Paul to proclaim the gospel of free grace that he once tried to destroy. So one of the assaults of the evil one is how could God possibly forgive me? But there is another assault, assault and that is the assault of self-righteousness and pride. The older son in the parable of the prodigal son had been in the house. He had been with his father. He had enjoyed all of his father's benefits and blessings. He had lived from the self-sacrificing grace of the father's love. But he too had squandered it. This is not the parable of the prodigal son, but the parable of the prodigal sons. He squandered the father's love as he resents and withholds forgiveness and mercy from his younger brother. It is like the family of the baptized, in which we resent one another how could they be allowed to commune here at the altar of the Lord? I know the sins that they have. I know the weaknesses that they have. Or here in the church, when we cannot fathom how God can possibly forgive us. Both of those are the same side, the two sides of the same coin. At the heart of them is a mistrust and a rebellion against God's grace. What happens here in the parable of the prodigal son? When the younger son is often a far country, an image of unbelief, how he has wandered from the faith of his baptism, he finds himself utterly destitute. None of the things that he thought would give his life peace and contentment and satisfaction panned out. And he finds himself feeding swine. And the way Jesus tells the parable is so very insightful for us to ponder. He says he longed to eat the pods which the pigs ate. But then he goes on to say no one gave him anything. It is as if Jesus were saying nothing could really give him true peace and satisfaction. And then... Luke records Jesus' words, and listen carefully. He says, when he came to himself, 
when he came to himself. It is as if Jesus were saying, when he came by the grace of God to realize his true identity, though he had squandered his baptismal identity, when he came to himself as the son of his father, he realizes the nature and character of the father's love towards servants. How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? Oh, it is not simply the judgment of the law that crushed him, that brought him to his senses. He never would have returned to his father had he believed his father to be the angry judge. No, it was the father's love. That's what drew him back. That's what gave him the courage to dare to run to his father and to confess his sins. And to show that this is all the father's initiative by the father's love, when he's still a great way off, the father runs to him. And before he had confessed, he throws his arms around him and kisses him. You see, God's love for us in Jesus precedes any repentance or any confession of faith that you or I might have. And the only true confession, the only true repentance is that born of the law and the gospel as this son returns to his father and says, I have sinned against heaven and before you. And the father's absolution is not Partial. It's not fragmentary. It is full and it is complete. And he throws the robe of righteousness around him, the ring of faith that binds him to his father, whose love and promise of mercy and compassion would never be withdrawn. And he kills the fatted calf. And he says, let us eat and be merry, for the son was dead but is alive again. He was lost and is found. And what restored him? Nothing. Nothing but the Father's free grace and mercy. It is the same for you and for me. But consider the older son. He really is emblematic of the scribes and the Pharisees who rebelled against Jesus' forgiveness who resented that he received tax collectors and sinners. Understand, when Jesus did that, he wasn't condoning their sin. They had been brought to repentance by the judgment of God's law, but the offer of God's free grace in Jesus. They heard from him a message of salvation that they did not hear from the scribes and Pharisees, that they did not hear or practice from themselves. And it is that which drew so many sinners to Jesus and that which the scribes and Pharisees pushed back against. So the older son, when he finds out that his younger brother has returned home, he will not go into the house. It is like the baptized Christian who, though he or she has tasted the Father's love here at the altar of the Lord, refuses to return to the altar because there are sinners there. There are people who have hurt me there. There are people whom I resent there. There are those whom I believe are not deserving 
of the Father's love. But the truth is, none of us are. The gospel teaches that we have a gracious God who loves us in Christ Jesus, not at all because of our merits, but entirely because of his free grace and heart of compassion for us that is centered in his Son, who, when he went to the cross, bore all of our sin and sorrows that we have committed against God and that we have committed against one another. And I want you to notice the disposition of the father. For both boys, he is a father who loves his sons. He loved the prodigal who squandered his life and inheritance and prodigal living, and he loved the self-righteous older brother. And he came out to the older brother. And he didn't say to him, what is the matter with you? Instead, he said to him, my son, all that I am and all that I have is yours. Come into the house. Let us eat and let us be merry. For your brother was dead and he is alive again. He is lost and he is found. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, our Lord's forgiveness calls out to each one of us daily. That being brought to contrition and repentance for sorrows and sins too deep to express and for self-righteousness and pride that so easily entangles us. And he bids us lay it all aside and look to him who is the author and finisher of our faith. For the prophet Micah said it best in today's Old Testament. Who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity and passing over transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in mercy. He will again have compassion on us and will subdue our iniquities. For as Jesus taught throughout Luke 15, there is great rejoicing in heaven when sinners receive and live from his forgiveness and when his baptized children, no matter who they are, Come home to the Father. In the name of Jesus. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. Let us confess the faith with the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, 
by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the Spirit's help to humble ourselves under God's mighty hand in times of trial, that at the proper time he may exalt us, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For pastors, that they may faithfully lead their flocks, proclaim the law and gospel for the good of God's people, and be shielded from the assaults of the devil, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For our brothers and sisters who have left our Father's house and squandered their inheritance in Christ, that the Holy Spirit would call them to repentance and draw them home, so that they may be once again embraced in Christ's forgiving love, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For Sandy Luke, Rosie Copling, Anders Rohde, Mitchell Dubnicka, and Gus Kudemeyer celebrating baptismal birthdays this week, that they may be preserved steadfast in Christ all the days of their lives. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For peace in your Ukraine, in the whole world, for this land, its government, and all nations, as we give thanks for this 4th of July for the gift of our nation, that we may be preserved from war, bloodshed, and rebellion, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all pregnant mothers and their unborn children, for all mothers with small children, for all mothers with children, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For good weather, and for those caught in storms or fires, that they may be preserved, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all who suffer in body or mind in our midst, including Jeremy Lafour and Doug Palm, recovering from surgery, Marlene Schaefer, who has returned home following a severe heart attack and stroke, Walter Schmudlock, recovering from a stroke, Jill Franklin, continuing treatment after surgery, 
Jim Weber in rehab, John Paul Beanie and Amy Bruss in extended therapy, Barbara Wheating receiving chemotherapy, Josiah Boringer and Todd Friedrich with cancer, and Cliff, Cliff Evans in hospice care, that these and all we name in our hearts would be comforted by God, who cares for us in our anxieties, and that, at the proper time, they would be granted deliverance from this veil of tears, or health and healing in accord with his will. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the family and friends of Jim Zindal, who died in the Lord, that they may be comforted by the promise of the resurrection of the body to everlasting life, and a blessed reunion in heaven with all who have died in the faith. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Lord God, Heavenly Father, like the prodigal son, we have all gone astray and allowed ourselves to be led from the right path by Satan and our sinful flesh. We implore you graciously, forgive us our sins for the sake of your son, Jesus Christ. Enliven our hearts by your Holy Spirit that we may abide in your word in true repentance and in steadfast faith. And so continue in your church to the end and obtain eternal salvation. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. and salutary, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, 
through Jesus Christ our Lord, who, having created all things, took on human flesh and was born of the Virgin Mary. For our sake he died on the cross and rose from the dead to put an end to death, thus fulfilling your will and gaining for you a holy people. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, Blessed are you, Lord of heaven and earth, for you have had mercy on those whom you created and sent your only begotten Son into our flesh to bear our sin and be our Savior. With repentant joy, we receive the salvation accomplished for us by the all-availing sacrifice of his body and his blood on the cross. Gathered in the name and the remembrance of Jesus, we beg you, O Lord, to forgive Renew and strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully to eat his body and drink his blood, as he bids us do in his own testament. Gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth, to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers. Deliver and preserve us. To you alone, O Father, be all glory, honor, and worship, with the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, 
which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. The body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you body and soul in the true faith unto life everlasting. Depart in peace.
body of Christ given for you. The body of Christ given for you.
Let us pray. We give thanks to you, almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift, and we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Amen.